Welcome back to the Elements of Adventure podcast, or maybe welcome for the first time. Today, my guests are Ben and Tiff Timby. Ben and I met at Berea College. Uh, ben and Tiff have been world travelers on and off ever since. They've had some really amazing experiences. They have a blog that you should absolutely check out called Wheeling Free. If you Google uh, them, they'll come right up. They're going to share some stories from the road and their adventures, some tips about world travel and just kind of travel in general, uh, some life hacks, some advice, and some perspective on how travel is just one aspect of this great adventure called life that we're all a part of. Ben and Tiff were actually in Mexico when this episode was recorded. We did end up having some uh, audio issues here and there. I think they were on my end. There are a couple of times that the audio cuts out for a short period of time. I was hoping that that wouldn't be the case, but that ended up being a factor. So sorry for that missing content. There was no way to recover it. Uh, I also wanted to mention he references a part of our conversation that didn't end up in the final edit. We had been talking about a trip uh, that Corinne and I ended up taking to the Grand Canyon uh, where we had hiked uh, rim to rim. We went, well, sort of rim to rim. We went south rim to the bottom and back to the top of the south rim in one day and how the, the pizza that we ordered at the end was some of the best pizza I've ever had in my entire life and how it probably wasn't actually that good, but because we were so hungry, it tasted that good. So he's going to reference that later on. I just wanted you to have the background on that for context. And if you'll stick around at the end of the podcast, I'd like to share with you some ways that you can support it. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a listener. And I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I do. Hey, Ben and Tiff. How are you guys? Hey, Ben. Good. How are you doing? Good. 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 Thank you so much for being flexible and, and being able to do this. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you can excuse our, I don't know how much background noise there'll be in here. We're kind of in a, in our, you remember, you remember Jesse Fowler? Yeah. 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 We're in his house in Campeche and, um, but we're in the front room and it's, it's all tile and like there's sometimes cars go by. So no worries. No worries. We'll, we'll roll with it. No problem. Um, so I'll give you kind of the premise of what started this and kind of the, the spirit in which this podcast is being done. Um, so sure. during the pandemic, when everyone was, you know, kind of re hitting the reset button and figuring out life, my wife and I had a lot of conversations about um what we wanted our lives to look like and what the dream, you know, the quote unquote dream would be. And we, she said, if you could do anything in the world, if you could just be paid to do what you love, what would that be? And I really had to think about that. And I came to the conclusion that for me, that would be talking to the adventurous people in my life that do really, really cool things about what they're doing, get their stories and be able to have that community um, and ideally visit those cool places at the same time <laughs> under normal <laughs> circumstances, you know, travel out and do an interview. But, um, I just love, I love the community of outdoorsy adventurous people. And, um, I've been fortunate to know a lot of really awesome people like yourselves that are doing some really cool things. And, uh, I just, I think it'd be neat to get some of that, get some of that recorded for others and, and help maybe help others discover adventure and experience adventure for themselves even if they're new to it and so the idea is to get under under the surface of what adventure means and how you define it and how you approach it um, with the hope that someone may discover it themselves and think about it differently than they did when they started listening to this so that's kind of where all this came from cool. that's that's, that's nice. great man yeah. thanks thanks really cool it's really inspiring for us We'll go ahead and dive into it. I, I do want to talk about, you know, 
you and I went to college together. We both went to Berea College, which is an amazing institution mm-hmm. and, and definitely worth looking into. Uh, it's a tiny school. Yeah. There's not a ton of people there, about 1,500 students total, I think, at the time that we went there. Uh, you and yeah. I ran in concentric circles, uh, somehow slightly different circles. There were like two different, maybe more than two, but I remember at least two different groups of like adventure uh, kids and we were kind of doing different things. Um, we had, you know, I, I was aware of you. Um, we crossed paths and we had conversations, um, but we were, we were in kind of different, different cliques, I guess, different friend groups. Um, yeah. but I remember you having a reputation for being adventurous and outdoorsy. Um, I can remember you doing, doing trips and I think even occasionally running into you at places like Miguel's and the gorge or, you know, things like that here and there. So, um, yeah. has, has adventure always been a part of your life? Um, or is it something that came to your life later on? Can I tell me how you discovered adventure? Uh, well, for me, yeah, I guess it's always kind of been there. Okay. Um, yeah, I've always felt kind of drawn to, yeah, to just like getting outside of my block growing up and then just kept growing, you know, the world just kept getting bigger and bigger. And the bike was always like one of my favorite ways of doing that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, just, so yeah, I'd say it always has been. And, you know, and then when I, you know, up through, I was in the Boy Scouts, that was like okay. a really good introduction. And I just, had some friends, you know, that kind of introduced me to like mountain biking when I was like, I think 12, when I was in Colorado, I was lucky enough to like live in an area in Fort Collins with a lot of yeah. mountain biking. That's awesome. And one of my good, yeah. One of my good buddies, uh, kind of got me looped into mountain biking and, um, and yeah, I just borrowed my sister's bike. It was like a Walmart bike and like beat, <laughs> nice. beat it up and nice. eventually got my own bike on layway and it kept going. And then, yeah, and then camping. And then, you know, my parents kind of forced me to go into Boy Scouts. I was kind of a little more of a punk, but gotcha. I managed to get through the whole program. Um, and I, looking back, I'm really glad I, you know, I learned a lot, um, even though it wasn't at the time, like exactly my uh you know my social group that I totally fit into sure but it was you know that being centered on the outdoors and and adventure and outdoor skills was like something that helped me along the way and then graduating high school and you know I did my big bike trip up to Alaska and that was that was like the beginning for me of like my me choosing my own destiny and since then I think it has been uh, a lot more very centered on like exploration and growth through the outdoors through adventure through meeting new people and seeing new possibilities and just pushing myself you know the type two fun kind of <laughs> yep. yeah yeah so there's a couple of things i want to dig out of there let's uh for for those who aren't may not be familiar i love the type one type two fun definition so can you define the different types of fun for for folks that may not have heard of that before oh just i mean i guess for me type type two fun type one fun is just you know pretty what you'd expect the classic definition of fun it's just not necessarily tied to can be any any type type two i think for me anyway from what i understand (laughs) maybe i got my own definition but it's just like uh it's fun that's kind of it's fun when you look back at it and you have fond memories of it but at the time it can be like a lot of suffering and like pain Yep. Uh, so it's kind of like a bittersweet, uh, experience that it's kind of like this duality of like, uh, suffering that you share a lot of times when you share with others, I think is when it's really highlighted. uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. That's been my Um, experience too. 
now you said you made it through the whole Boy Scout program. So I'm assuming you, you made it all the way. You're, you're an Eagle Scout. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember what your Eagle Scout project was? Yeah, I did this playground, built this playground. Nice. Um, so yeah, were you an Eagle Scout? I was not. I, um, I did a year or two of this. It was like a knockoff um, Boy Scout program. Uh, it was called the Royal Rangers. It was through a church in our area. I did that for a year or two, mm -hmm. um, but didn't get too far down that path. Um, so I didn't have that. A lot of folks that I know have been introduced to the outdoors through, through uh, the Boy Scout program. And, and uh, I think it's a really great program. I just, that wasn't, uh, wasn't something that I was super, super involved in. Um, I so can pass the mic too to Tiff. I, I was just going to say, ask. yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Tiff, I don't know your story at all. So fill me in on, on kind of your background and how you discovered adventure. And um, yeah, I, I would love to hear that. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I grew up in Florida and okay. my dad lives on a lake down an old dirt road and um, I had a lot of family and cousins nearby so normally we just spend the whole day outside climbing trees, uh, you know, swimming in the lake, uh, riding bikes around just kind of doing whatever. Um, so I think, you know, I kind of always had this comfort with, with spending a lot of time outdoors and um, just really felt like that was my place. And uh, I mean, travel wise, I guess it wasn't until I was a senior in high school that my mom, she she told me she had a little bit of money saved for me and asked me if I'd, I'd like to use it for a car or for a trip to um, to Europe with my, uh, with one of my hospital, sorry, with uh, my, one of my arts programs classes. And so I definitely picked the, yeah. the trip to Europe. <laughs> what an awesome was like, opportunity. I don't need a car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so awesome. it was just, yeah, it was just a very short week long trip. Um, but it definitely, uh, opened up my, my eyes to the world and, um, gave me a kind of a huge boost of curiosity to see a lot more. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of went from there once I met Ben. So that's fantastic. That is super, super cool. And your childhood sounds amazing. Um, yeah. It sounds, sounds great. Um, what, what part of Florida did you grow up in? Um, it's central Florida. It's kind okay. of between Tampa and Orlando. So okay. cool. Yeah. Cool. I've been down a few times. We usually go down. Um, my in-laws go to the beach at Space Coast. So I've been down there a few times on that side. Oh, I haven't, nice. haven't been to the Gulf side yet, but they do, um, they do some trips down there. So yeah, um, it's a, the yeah, it's a, are wonderful. <laughs> they are, they're nice. They're definitely nice. Um, so what brought the two of you together? How, how did you all meet and um, kind of give me your story? Yeah, well, I was living in Asheville, North Carolina, actually, at the time we met. Okay. Um, and <laughs> I had had a New Year's resolution to try out new forms of dance because okay. I used to be uh, in dance and it was just something that really brought me a lot of joy in life. And um, I had been trying some swing dancing and had heard about contrast. Ah, okay. Very cool. Energy into trying it out yet. Um, okay. So it was actually my first time going to Warren Wilson College for a contra dance there. And I convinced a coworker to come along with me so I would have a partner and immediately upon walking into the room I, I definitely noticed Ben and um, was like oh man I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to swoop a dance with him at some point that's awesome that <laughs> yeah. is awesome Ben yeah, I, re yeah. 
I remember you being a really good contra dancer. Actually, now that now that I'm hearing that, I had forgotten that. But I I remember you being a talented contra dancer, and uh, that was a big that was a big part of the Berea scene. I I that you just unlocked the memory for me, Tiff, that I forgot I had. <laughs> but yeah, I remember going to those with you, and, and yeah. yeah, for sure, that's that's super fun. Um, well, that's awesome. So what a, what a cool story. Um, so. It, you know, I, I did a little bit of reading on your blog, which is awesome. And it sounds like this whole concept of adventure has been something that's been really at the foundation of uh, your relationship really from the start. So walk me through the process of kind of what started the Wheeling Free blog and kind of sparked the alternative travel lifestyle that you, you all are leading. Mm-hmm. Well, we, I mean, the, the blog, I guess, I guess the, in sequence, I guess of the, after we met, you know, in Asheville, we, we, yeah, like both, uh, I think I was traveling at the time and like invited her to join me up in New York. I was visiting a few other friends from Berea actually, like during the holidays. And I was at a friend, a Berean friend's wedding in Kentucky. That's why I was down in that area in Appalachia anyway. And um, so, yeah, I just, we just kept talking. I invited her up to Alaska, which, you know, in itself, I was commercial fishing at the time. That was an adventure too, you know, yeah, both. Absolutely. And Tiff, that's kind of what drew Tiff up, I think, was the adventure too, aside from just like having this really deep connection and really enjoying, you know, feeling like we found our best friend in the world yeah. immediately. Um, like just inviting her to like, come check out, you know, what was going on up in Alaska, you know, being out on the water and fishing was really cool. And we ended up uh, getting it. We both like sat down, you know, from the beginning, we kind of, I'd say we had a lot of intention about what our dreams were, Hmm. um, which was another like thing that really excited me about our relationship. Um, And so we, one of the dreams we had, I think that we made, you know, we brought into being was like learning how to sail uh, at that time we like bought a sailboat and took sailing classes from a friend a bunch of friends and like started sailing there wasn't a lot of biking you know in uh, the town i was the town we still like call our home port you know my home or our home is like uh, sitka mm-hmm. in alaska and um it's only got like 14 miles of road it's all wow it's an island so <laughs> it's like nine thousand people yeah <laughs> pretty small so like that was a lot of the adventure up there is like getting out in the bush, you know, getting out on the water, mm-hmm. kayaking, sailing, hunting, like just stuff. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of trails. There's no mountain biking trails. It's just it's a temperate rainforest. So biking was on hold for that. Yeah. We hadn't really biked a lot together until we, I mean, I guess segueing into, you know, one of our dreams that we can't that we came up with, you know, as our relationship continued to grow over the you know you think it was year one one or first or second year in you know we were just like really kind of like making plans together like man like what are we really excited we both really love traveling we've done some little trips here and there um and we had this idea of like just quitting our jobs and just traveling you know on an open-ended bike tour I mean I kind of was the one that had the bike tour experience I guess with my trip to Alaska but that had been like 10 years earlier I think I was like yeah literally it was like 10 years after that and uh hadn't done anything since then Tiff Tiff hadn't ever done it nice and I was yeah, but I'd she only, was sold I'd only bike commuted so nice. it was quite a big uh big step experiment <laughs> yeah. 
Well, we were well, we were open to we've always been open to just like not having very super concrete ideas, but just yep. a general a general bunch of ideas that prioritized or whatever and adjusted. <laughs> love that. I love that. And don't discount bike commuting. That's absolutely an adventure too. Yeah. <laughs> every day is its own. One, yeah. Every day is its own little adventure. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So yeah. So maybe this is a, yeah. It's long winded, but basically yeah. We just you know we we decided to take off and yeah we you know we really like uh tiff is really good i mean i think our one of the things in our like partnership that has been that really helped me out was like tiff is she's i'm kind of like the dreamer and i mean we're the both dreamer taker. i'm the risk taker <laughs> okay tiff is like okay. the responsible she's the one that like you know has the discipline to budget and like make it happen you know gotcha. and, and like i was like always with my head in the clouds so like combining those two things I think yeah. and also learning like we've both grown in those ways now that complement each other but that's sort of what it took where like we really got super tight on our you know super we set a plan like we budgeted really hard for a couple of years and that's what allowed us to yeah. uh, eventually take off on this trip we were both working a couple different jobs and living with roommates and yeah. eating pretty simply beans and rice yeah, yeah. Doing, doing all the things and that's what so we took all those so we made a lot of sacrifices and then you know and then we and also you know yeah we got married like getting married was kind of an afterthought but it was like hey we're taking off we're making five ten-year plans together yeah like and we're about to leave our community and like maybe maybe a long time before we resettle yeah uh, and i'm glad we did because we threw a heck of a party and like brought up our family <laughs> and our friends that's and awesome. we're like and we love we love each other and it was it's yeah Good thing. So yeah, and then we took off basically. And then, you know, the blog kind of just happened. Actually, originally we started the blog as like our wedding invite because as I mentioned, the, the wedding was kind of like an afterthought to like this bigger thing of this, just like this jumping off a cliff together into like yeah. full-time travel. So, and then as we traveled, you know, we, we'd already been like doing, uh, we'd already, we'd all, we'd all, yeah, we've always been into documenting like to start we, we've like dumped all our photos into like it's just fun to like make little videos of music yeah. of our, our year like time capsules we call them yeah and as we started traveling like all our family was we were just basically we we traveled we didn't have uh laptops we just had our phones and like we didn't have the storage capability of like uh, holding on to yeah. all of our photos and so originally it was just photos we were trying to just dump off because we didn't have storage on our phones and that's why we were making these videos and we made them an iMovie, you know, on our phones and yeah. uploaded them and our family really enjoyed yeah, them. It was so. a really nice way to keep in touch with all our family in one space instead of, you know, sometimes it would be a little difficult with the time difference sure. or just like the availability to make all the different phone calls. Um, Storytelling that's mm -hmm. going on. Mm -hmm. And that's just awesome. to help us remember everything. What a great idea. That's, I love yeah. that. That's fantastic. It just kept evolving. And then we just, I feel like we just kind of enjoyed it, realized we enjoyed it more and more like doing the, you know, starting to do more filming in it and like in editing, getting better at editing and then sort of doing then the name wheeling free actually it was just Ben and Tiff's adventure, I think. And eventually I think we were in like, yeah, a year, year and a half in, we were like, Felt, felt like we were making pretty fun content that actually was growing beyond our family and friends and we thought of just like coming up with a name and so yeah that's kind of the story of how that that all started great. that is absolutely great how how long have you all been traveling for 
When did it start? Uh, 2018. August. Yeah, okay. August of 2018. Yeah, so like okay. maybe two and a half or three, two and a half, three and a half years. Yeah, <laughs> one month. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Three, three, three years. What, three what years. is what? To, what's the date? I don't even know what year it is. Today is December eighth, twenty twenty one. Just in case you need to know, I'm looking at it uh, right now. Okay. Um, but we've but, also uh, been, you know, asterisk on that. That you know, yeah. we've been, uh, we were traveling full time for I think about half. a year and a half before we had we ended up stopping to work. I mean, we were still traveling, but working on boats was like a whole different chapter. The you know, uh, and then last year during the COVID shutdown, there's, I mean, it's a long story, but we kind of, there were points where we were, um, you know, back in the U.S. and like, and we yeah. spent the last, this spring and fall, we've been like back in Sitka. So I guess we haven't been traveling full-time as much as we had that first year was like a year and a half was like full-time on the bikes. Yeah. And I'd say like, it's been off and on since then um, moving around, but well, let's let's get into that long story a little bit because I want to delve into that if you're if you're comfortable with that. So tell me a little bit about you know the, the kinds of things that you do when you're on the road to keep that momentum. So especially if you're you know traveling internationally or anything like you know how do you find work? What kinds of work do you do? What do you look for? And how did COVID change all that? And can you kind of share your experience a little bit on on that? Yeah, so I guess um, I guess money wise, we we worked really hard at saving kind of this pot of money so that we wouldn't have to stress too much about uh, about once we were out, um, you know, having to find jobs. But right before we actually decided to leave, um, a property came up in Sitka that was going to be a teardown. Um, it was in really rough shape and Ben saw a lot of potential in it. And with his background in construction, decided to actually, we, we decided to invest in the property and fix it up. Um, nice. With the pot of money, with the yeah. cash that we'd saved to, for years to travel on, like, and it was literally like, what, like four months before yeah. our schedule? Oh, man. So, of course, me as the, like, safe <laughs> planner person was, like, yeah. terrified. Yeah. But Ben had a vision, and I trusted him, and it worked out really well because we actually rented that when we um, were gone, and it, and it oh, gave cool. us almost, like, a monthly stipend. So, it it definitely made us live very frugally because it was, what was it, like, 30 or $40 a day that 30. we were trying yeah. to live on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it also kind of created a steady income stream um, that we could we could kind of base out off of. That's but even awesome. with yeah, even with that, I mean, we did we we had also had the idea. Um, another reason on the timing we were leaving around this time was because um, we were still of the age to be able to do the work holiday visa in New Zealand ah, and Australia. Um, gotcha. That was our, that yeah, was our plan originally. That yeah. was our original plan, which we didn't end up doing, um, but it was, it was also an idea. It was fine. Actually, I'm glad it, we we're both glad in hindsight we didn't. I mean, it would have been, it was a lot of security. I think that <laughs> I would even add that like at the time when we were like leaving our jobs and jumping into the unknown of like living and working abroad, uh we didn't know i mean it just was security knowing that like oh and you know you can get these visas in new zealand and australia and we had a few connections that like oh i can make good money in construction or to you know we can we were thinking that we would need a lot more um hmm. financial security and like opportunities to keep us going to stay abroad hmm. and once we actually made the leap you know like we 
we spent, I think it was three months in New Zealand and then, uh, and we decided to jump over to Australia because the, the wages were a little better. And mm -hmm. once we were there, we just decided, you know, like, Hey, this, we're doing a good, you know, with this little bit of how of rental income we have and like proper, like keeping a really strict budget, which we do to this day. I mean, we have a Google sheet that we update live, you know, wherever we are, anytime we pull out our wallets, we pull out, even if it's, even if we're in Nepal or, you know, we were spending a dollar for some rice, like we put it in there mm. uh, and we were pinching every penny tracking everything. And we decided, you know, we were, while we had the health and like, while we had the opportunity and our, while our families had the health and like, we didn't have any responsibilities that work wasn't going anywhere, even in Australia. And mm. anyways, and we also wanted to be, we were like, let's just save this year working and let's put it and let's do it in a place where we plan on investing in community and building community in the future, um, <laughs> whether that's back in Alaska or like if we settled somewhere else. So anyway, so that word community has come up a couple of times and I do want to touch on that. So um, community is is important. I think it's a central part of adventure. What, what do you look for? How do you go about building community and how do you identify community uh, when you're on the road or, or you know, kind of walk me through your process for building community around yourselves. Yeah, that, that was a really big, um, a big thing we talked about a lot because we were leaving such a beautiful community in Sitka. And it's definitely one of the first things, um, I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, at least I was, I was really feeling it strongly pretty early on of like, whoa, no, I need to go back. Like mm. I miss everybody. I don't have this mm. connection. It, it doesn't feel the same from afar, you know? Um, but also it's just like, as you travel and as you spend time places and I mean, the kind of traveling we were doing on bikes, you're a lot more vulnerable and yeah. you're staying with warm showers host, which warm showers is a community kind of like couch surfing, but okay. Okay. you have to be a bike tourist or, um, only those who yeah. suffer. <laughs> <laughs> that was in a way kind of like automatically joining little communities when we would stay with those guests or running into other cyclists um, or, you know, we, we did a couple of work trade opportunities with work away and um, stayed in places a little bit longer, um, which kind of helped fulfill some of those needs for community. Um, I don't know if you want to add. I could, I was just thinking Ben about a, um, sharing with you like a little kind of a, and it, I think it's a very fitting kind of like story of when we first yeah. started, when Tiff, you know, it was at the very beginning launch of our bike tour that I think is related to this. Because um, it. it was, so like when we landed in New Zealand, you know, we had our bikes and everything, we took off and it was Tiff's first time bike touring. And, and so we, I, and I, you know, and it's also really challenging with any, you know, even with my best friends, like going on bike tours, um much less like my partner and my like lover uh someone i care about so deeply and and also with gender with body type differences and things like that like sure i was really really had the intention of like trying to be very patient and have very very low like uh goals for like us as we were you know executing this yeah distance wise like i think we were shooting for like 30 kilometers you know <laughs> at the first day like 20 miles or something and just and I really recommend that for anybody actually who's starting out like bike touring, just like smell the roses, take your time. Yeah. Don't have tight yeah. deadlines. Don't like 
it's just everyone I've met who's stressed out, who's Stop. not having a good tour. Take a lot of times for snacking. Yeah, it's like keep it open ended <laughs> and just expect less. Like less yeah. is more. Like yeah. do not. Yeah. Anyway, so we were. Anyway, it was just really gnarly weather though in the mm. beginning, and um, I mean it was blowing sideways and raining. Oh. It was it was the spring in like November in New Zealand, and we were just getting like blown like we headwind hardcore. So we were just so camping, oh. soaking wet, just never freezing. get dry. Yeah. And just, it sucked. It yeah. sucked bad. And like, it was like, uh, I don't know. It was like three or four days of just like fighting into this brutal headwind and just getting <sighs> soaked to the bone and like camping with like, you know, and cooking on a little stove, everything soaked. And like, yeah. we got to a warm showers host, which was a nice little respite. And like, um, we were seriously debating. I mean, Tiff, I mean, I couldn't blame her. I was like, man, this really sucks. And, you know, and she was just like, yeah, maybe this isn't my fate. You know, maybe this isn't for me. And I'm like, that's yeah. understandable. This really does suck. Yeah. Uh, and we were like right on the verge of just being, you know, most people in New Zealand, like just have camper vans and that's yeah. cool. Like the backpacking thing. But um, yeah, we were on the verge of just like getting rid of the bikes and just doing something a little more just easy. Not, not so, so hardcore. And um, we, woke up the next morning and yeah and we kind of had i think we'd mostly been feeling like yeah this is the right thing to do let's not just like force ourselves through something that's, yeah. let's just have a good time and like uh we woke up and there was still like really gnarly like black dark <sighs> hot big storm clouds like on we're in this valley and like on either side of this valley near near the coromandel peninsula and uh on either side of the valley it was like just dumping rain dark and right in the middle, like right on us, there was like this band of sunshine mm. and in the center of this valley. And we just started on this rail trail. I can't remember the name of it yeah, right now, like, but give it one more day we just least. got off the roads and we we're at the beginning of this rail trail. And we were like, started, we we're like, Hey, this is cool. Like, wow, it's so nice. The birds are out. Like it's all, looks like we could get totally drenched, but like just felt like good, you know, to yeah. be in the sun. Yeah. And so we started biking and we hit the rail trail and this wind came up like from behind, I think between these two systems, like through this valley, but it this was behind tailwind. Us. Ah, <laughs> nice. And it was like a mega, it was a huge, is what we've been fighting all week, just came yeah. swooping behind us. It was like, yeah, like probably, I don't know, 30 knots or 40 knots of like tail, like blowing hard. And we were just having a ball, like the sun was <laughs> shining. We were like calling, you know, that's great. And we did. We'd been averaging, I think, you know, like, yeah, 20 or 30 kilometers, just, yeah, just crazy. so, so hard. And then this day it was like, we're in the sun. And I think we, we just kept going. We're like, oh my gosh, we've just, we've done like 50 kilometers. Oh my God. Wow. We just did 80. Oh my gosh. You just broke a hundred. Awesome. And we like ended up at this hot spring spot. This, the, I wish I had the names of these all pulled up, but there was these little family owned hot springs with like a little re, like cabins. Yeah. And we show up at this place and this, and the clouds were closing again. And it was like definitely imminent rain coming. And we pulled into this little place and they, we found this little cabin at these hot springs for like 20 bucks or something, you nice. know. And we got all our bikes in and the rain just, unleashed and it was like lightning and thunder and for two days it just did not let up it was flooding oh, but we were just like tucked away in our little cabin soaking hot springs and tiff pulled up the name of it it was, it was opal hot springs oh, oh yeah it was from thames <laughs> nice. thames was where we started opal hot springs 
anyway it was just like and then the next day we continued or after those two days of rain it broke and it was sunny after that for a while uh and we met like that next day um our first our first uh biking friends we made on our trip and um harry and v and they they actually they make um bike packing bags in do they <laughs> in england it's called wizard works yeah i'm familiar i've heard of them that's awesome yeah cool. and they and it was tiff you know tiff was able to like connect with v and i think having like another or you could probably talk about yeah that, i mean they were like around our age woman. and having another woman also biking and they yes. also were you know took their time did a lot of snacking and so we could we just kept running into each other and having snacks on like the river we and formed stuff. a pack for like <laughs> a camping together and it That's just kind awesome. of renewed yeah the energy that i i hadn't been feeling but like had you know the hope for so uh yeah it really kind of i think that kept us going yeah and we biked with them for like that week and it was just so much fun to do it with you know other yeah. people we had this little yeah. pack we're camping together we're just cheering each other on and i would say you know back going back to community like that is one of the communities we found you know it's like in the in the you know even in I mean, life is impermanent itself, but just like the people who you meet along the way, even if it's just for like a weekend of climbing or like a week yeah. of biking, like that is like soul feeds your soul. And like, yeah. that's what we survive on, you know, is like seeing friends and doing these things we love doing together. Absolutely. Um, so what's your favorite travel snack? Cause I've snacks have come up a couple of times and that's a really, <laughs> really important subject. So lend us your experience. It what's, could be contentious. Okay. Could be contentious. I don't know. Oh, uh, I mine, know what yours is. Mine, Tiff knows mine. In in India, that have you heard of chapati? I have not. Educate it's me. Basically, it's like a like naan, basically. Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. Little thinner naan. It's like these little round discs, you know, that they made of wheat that are just like made in these little clay ovens. And oh man, when I you could just pull up anywhere and like chapati. It's just like the bread they have in like rural in the mountains and uh, where Super we cheap. were yeah awesome. and uh and uh yeah i just get like i carry a little jar of peanut butter nice and pick up some bananas like the little tiny you know, small like natural the more yep. not the big gmo ones we use or whatever but like the small bananas and yep. these they're like an eight inch little tortilla non thing and you basically smear a bunch of peanut butter in there if we have chia seeds like dribble some of those in there and then drop nice. a little mini banana in there and wrap it up like a <laughs> like a hot dog yeah i call it like a little hot dog burrito thing and that's just great. that down oh my that's awesome. god that's awesome get enough but tiff tiff like i was eating i was just living off those for so long <laughs> tiff got yeah. so sick of i was so lucky i could have <laughs> peanut butter and bananas together <laughs> so, so tiff what's your favorite snack oh man it's it's a hard one um <laughs> yeah I know I was trying to think while Ben was talking and it was a little challenging. Um, I mean, honestly, New Zealand, to, to bring that area up again, I wasn't a big fan of the food in New Zealand in general, mm, but they did have amazing tuna packets that were like huh. these really good tuna that was flavored. So they'd have like curry flavored tuna, Season, yeah. Um, yeah, all different seasons. And um, honestly, just doing similar stuff, getting like a pack yeah. of wraps because they hold up easy, mm. throwing in some tuna and like any sort of like, yeah, like avocado or like a cucumber or just something else random that we had. Yeah, whatever huh. it was and wrapping that up and kind of a similar thing, but maybe a different 
a different flavor on the inside. Of it. And yeah. just yeah. just to clarify, these tunas are like exceptional spice blend. It's like good. chipotle, Mexican, whatever, or yeah. like curry, Thai curry, basil, or like there's just like I mean, there's like dozens of these amazing flavors and spice. You know, of like yeah. these very well made tunas packets which is sounds great (laughs) sounds fantastic what's your favorite snack oh man all right so i think for me again we do a lot of day trips and so that kind of fast fast caloric burst is important and uh, so one of my favorites is actually an old recipe from West Virginia called pepperoni rolls. My mom grew up in West Virginia and uh, the the coal miners would take um, basically dough and roll pepperoni and cheese in it. Um, No sauce, just pepperoni and cheese. Sometimes they would make like a um, a hot dog sauce to go on it. And that's sort of like a chili sauce almost. Um, but because pepperoni has so many preservatives in it, it doesn't go bad and they could take it down in the mines and they didn't have to refrigerate it. And it was good all day. Mm-hmm. And so we would do those sometimes rock climbing, um, just for that fast, that fast energy burst. Yeah. I usually start if I'm, if I'm doing a day or a weekend of adventuring, I'll make a batch of those and I make them with pizza dough. I just get a, a lump of pizza dough at the grocery store. Um, it'll make about six of them. And uh, I get uh, pepperoni and string cheese and roll it all together and uh, a <laughs> little olive oil on it. And it works, it works pretty well. Probably not the most healthy thing in the world, but it is, <laughs> it is good for getting you out of the, uh, out of that calorie deficit pretty quick. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Sound yeah. Perfect <laughs> for biking. Yeah, Very good for biking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I want to talk about gear a little bit. You brought up bikepacking bags earlier. Um, how is your relationship I mean, I'm sure it has to have changed. How has your relationship with, with stuff and with gear changed in your time traveling? Cause like, I'm a huge gear nerd and like, I get really excited about that stuff, but I also recognize like stuff is temporary and ultimately meaningless. And, you know, so, so (laughs) tell me a little bit about the evolution that you've gone through being, you know, for the most part on untethered and, and traveling and how you look at your gear and your stuff and what matters and what doesn't matter now that you've had this experience for, for this time. Yeah. So this was, this was a hard Don't get one her for started. me. <laughs> So, you know, I'm the worst, man. I'll just I'll admit it. I'm the worst. I'm a gear nerd. Well, Ben had experienced bike touring before, so he knew that like, you know, the more stuff you have with you, it's like, kind of like a metaphor for life. Like the more stuff you have, the more difficult it's just going to end up being. Absolutely. And I, no. I like some of my things. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, wanted to pack things that weren't completely necessary, but that were kind of like pleasure items of like, oh, I'd love to have a dress. So if we like go somewhere nice, I can have a dress or like, shoes. I, I want to like get an extra <laughs> pair of shoes or like, I really want to bring my computer or you know, just whatever it might be. There was a lot of tension in our relationship, the purging. That <laughs> oh, I was man. Like, yeah. I was just like, no. And Ben was no. like, no, no, I'm going to have one pair of clothes and I'll, I'm going to cut my toothbrush in half. And I'm like, we only, and we only yeah. wore sandals. We didn't yep. have shoes. Yeah. Uh, yep. So he's definitely the nerd of like going ultra light. Yeah. And I yeah. was more of like, okay, well, I need at least like a couple pleasure items to like have a little bit of comfort where I'm going to, go a little insane you know um so kind of finding a balance in that and you're right it it did change we tried out a couple different systems while we were on the road um first with the paneers Mm -hmm. and um, which is nice because you can kind of organize stuff a little easier but we realized we were doing more off-road and kind of like more mountain bike riding and it just wasn't a great setup for that 
they would ultimately end up bouncing off the racks or getting caught on things. So we looked more into, you know, having frame bags and, and we didn't want to, we didn't have a lot of money to spend on new gear and some of that, some of that gear can be really expensive. Yes, it, yes, it is. <laughs> Very, for, for just sure. a little bag. So yeah. we, we even tried out cheaper systems of we're like, all right, we'll put a rack on the back and just get a dry bag and bungee, mm-hmm. bungee it to the back, you know, mm-hmm. and we'll bungee one on the far handlebars going super simple and um, we did that for a long time. And part time. of that's been the spirit of like how we wanted to travel because one aspect of it is like when we're traveling through, like we met this French guy who was talking about, you know, when he biked across Asia, like from France, I think to Thailand or Vietnam or something. And he was saying when he went into, he was going into schools and like talking about his trip mm-hmm. to these kids and like in, I think in Myanmar or something, and they were somewhere there in Southeast Asia one kid at one point raised his hand and just asked like are you poor <laughs> like that that's kind of like the spirit we wanted yeah. to you know yeah. like we want like not i don't know not not to read into it too much i guess but just like we want to present like a form of travel to when we're biking in areas that that like people can relate to and like yeah. people like we met this guy um oh what is his name uh oh and Pushkar Shah. He's, oh, you should, if you, have you heard of this guy? Pushkar? No, I have not. Oh, you should look him up. He's like from um, Nepal and he biked for like 10 years around the world with no money. Hmm. Uh, and like, and, you know, I think he had some, he had enough or maybe his family or, or, you know, his situation was enough to like allow for visas. He also got special exemptions for visas because he got a lot of publicity, hmm. but, you know, he's just biking around the world, like on the generosity and like, kindness of strangers and if he ran out of money or food he'd just have to stop and like ask somebody if he could trade some work for food you know like mm. i mean talk about a lot that's like the the if you're talking about like the degree of um of like adventure and not just adventure but just like this kind of things you learn from putting yourself out there and yeah. you know in these adventures like he i mean he's like uh, an icon of that like just that you don't need the money you know you don't have to have money yeah and so that was kind of something we wanted to reflect like i mean also we were on a really tight budget budget yeah but also we were just like you know going minimalist and going with just like just whatever you know stuff that anybody else could afford our bikes you know we're like fat bikes eventually we switched in thailand the fat bikes because we wanted to do like the Himalayas and yeah. more off-road stuff. And, and they were in for Tiff, especially who hadn't mountain biked at all. Yeah. Um, that was like the most bridge. comfortable. Yeah. And so, I mean, we had nice bikes and everywhere we went, people are squeezing the tires, like moto, yeah. moto. Yep. Like, no, it's not a moto. <laughs> we are going way too um, slow. So, <laughs> yeah, we're not purists at all, but like, you know, we just, we enjoy just like travel hacks, you know, yeah. and just like DIY kind of stuff. That's kind of like something we enjoy. And we've kind of, maybe we've gotten soft and like we have friends and we've gotten more into the culture of it and met so many people that we drool over like the nice bags and we have, I bought some Fabio's chests, you know, recently. And I'm like, you know, the wax canvas, like all the, it just looks so (laughs) sexy and, you know, but we're in Mexico right now. And like debate, you know, we may, we're still, like I said, our plans are, have gotten more and more fluid over time, but um, yeah, we've, that's been a discussion even here where it's like, do we want to buy, you know, we'd actually end up bringing down our bikes. Like we've been, 
we decide we are going to bike, we're just going to pick up steel frame, you know, 26 inch mountain bikes down here. And we have our Brooks saddles. We have our leather, you know, there's a few things to do to like definitely have that, you know, for our comfort, but, um, you know, we want to be like relatable to people and not a capitalistic element in all these things of just like a barrier of entry uh, that people to imagine, you know, and we don't want to like perpetuate those myths that you have to have expensive or a bunch of money to do it. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. The, oh man, you mentioned Brooks saddles and my, my Brooks saddle broke me before I could break it. I, I got rid of my Brooks. My wife, my wife still oh. has a Brooks on her bike. I gave up. I, uh, <laughs> I switched, I switched back. I don't, I don't have the leather seat anymore, but uh, there is something to be said for me. The three months we were in New Zealand to break it in, but like I would ride for those, like, you know, for the first couple months. And it would be like, yeah, the 30 kilometer days. And I would be standing up screaming. My butt yeah, hurts so yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I totally understand. I did not make it that long. So uh, I should have given it more time. I ended up, my um, my wife and I, our first bikes, we, we have way too many bikes in our house. Um, <laughs> I, there, we have five bikes between the two of us, which is just entirely too many. Um, but our first bikes <laughs> that we bought, we got a hold of um, Alistair Humphrey's book, Micro Adventures. Um, which was just incredible. And if you haven't read it, um, I'll get you guys a copy because it's, it's awesome. Um, but it, uh, it spoke to a lifestyle that I was already living, um, but it was just so cool to have a language to put to uh, what I was already doing. And it was talking about how to capitalize on adventure, no matter where you are and how to live life to the most in what he was calling your, your five to nine. So after your nine to five, how do you maximize that time afterwards? Um, and, and enrich your life and experience with adventure. And uh, so we got all inspired by that. We read his other book, Grand Adventures, which is about doing the kinds of trips that you all are doing. And we were like, we're gonna, we're just gonna drop everything and, and do this. We're gonna quit yeah. our jobs and go ride bikes. And so we went to our local bike shop and we bought two bikes. Uh, she got a Salsa Marrakesh and I got a Surly uh, Long Haul Trucker. Nice. I got, Classic. The, I got the tall man discount because uh, I'm six foot four and she had this bike frame in her shop that she couldn't get rid of for a long time. And so I got a good, got a good deal on it. Yeah. And we were just like, we're going to, we're going to do this. And uh, we didn't for, we, we've never traveled around the world that way. Uh, we did pluck up the nerve to try our first um, bike tour. And we started in September and it ended up being 90 degrees um, with like 90% humidity. We made it about 30 miles uh, the first day. And we called my dad and we said, come get us. We're done. <laughs> we found oh a, We found a watering hole and we pulled in and we just waited for pickup. And uh, so that was our, our first experience doing that. Um, but we just kept biking. We, we loved it and the freedom that came with it. And we just kept after it on shorter and shorter trips. Um, so we've kind of worked up from there. Um, mm. But uh, but yeah, bike biking is, is amazing. It's a great pursuit. Um, would you say, so, you know, bikes and boats have come up a lot. Would you say that, that that's your favorite mode of transportation? Yeah, I think for me, bikes, would you say, okay. what do you think, Jeff? I mean, I, I kind of like that they're complementary, you know, yeah. uh, bikes, you can do all the land stuff and boats, you can do all the, for sure. the water stuff. And they both are a little bit more environmentally friendly than yeah. other forms of transportation, which is a bonus. I think, uh, too, like boats, if you talk about, bar- you know, financial barriers to entry, mm-hmm. it's not really practical, like if you mm-hmm. don't have money and like we, that's mm-hmm. why we 
I mean, we have a background in boating, which is kind of unique, but I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it unless it's something, you know, especially anybody looking into sailing, just like the best boat is a friend's boat. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I love that saying. You're, you're working on uh, yeah, because yeah. It, you realize it's like super inhibiting. If mm-hmm. It's just, a, I mean, there's so many more moving parts and so much more forces and entropy that's, you know, with salt water and all, you know, you're just fighting like the elements so much. Um, yeah. And it's not very simple, you know, it's not necessarily the most simple way of traveling. So in that, in that perspective, like the way that we travel now, like we would never own our own boat unless we had like, you know, a lot way more money saved up or like retired or passive income or, or worked, you know, we met people who who do sail and like work uh, remotely like that, that can work. But it's, I mean, the amount of knowledge and the amount of money that it takes to get into that is, um, I mean, we, I do enjoy it for sure, but, um, it's definitely like, um, just a lot more challenges to like achieving that. And when you do to the, the community quite, there isn't the type two fun. I wouldn't necessarily call that type two fun. It's sometimes, sometimes like, sometimes. you know, but the majority of that crowd is like, you know, just like hanging out on anchor, like drinking, you know, margaritas or whatever. Uh, yeah, it depends where you go, I guess. But like, yeah. um, whereas in biking, it's, it's a lot more active and, and there's a lot more uh, health component to it. And mm-hmm. so anyway, I, I, but yeah, I enjoy both. We enjoy both of those. And I, I think also I'd mention I throw hitchhiking in there. Yeah, actually, yeah, as fair. like, if you talk about like the most, uh, the most, uh, the lowest barrier of entry, the easiest thing that anybody can do, right, you know, tomorrow, if you dream of traveling, I mean, hitchhiking, at least, like when we were in New Zealand was like, I think Tiff's first time doing it. And yeah. Maybe as a woman, you could even say I like picked the barriers. Up some people are... in the states and hitchhiked yeah. a little oh, bit, but um, not to the extent that we did it in New Zealand. And it did feel very comfortable there. And you know, mm-hmm. I like you know getting past the awkwardness of asking for. I mean, you're in a way you're asking for help or yeah, yeah, <laughs> whatever. That's true. Complete strangers, and that's true. That can be a little humbling as well. It's very yeah. like in an American way. We like to be independent, but I think for most people, it's just like, hey, I'm going this way. You want to come to? Right. I have right. a whole vehicle here with seats in it. Like yeah. we met some folks in Tasmania that had, you know had hitchhiked from like Norway to oh, wow. Thailand like through Central Asia wow. with no money, you know, and they just yeah. got out of college. They're actually from the U.S., which was like really shocking. We, it's not very often we meet people like that from, the, you know, like it's usually more Europeans. It seemed like who, what is it? The U.S. only 15% of the population has passports, you know, yeah. I'm like really pushing for the crazy the to think about gap year, gap year, yeah. integrate yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But these guys had no money and they just, yeah. And they'd gone all the way around the world hitchhiking and the little bits we've done it in like New Zealand and Chile and Peru and like in the U S like has always been, I would say that's one of my top, top ones as well. So hitchhiking is making me think, you know, when you're, when you're setting out to do uh, the next stage of your, of your trip or your adventure, you know, how do you how, what what role does inspiration play how what part of that is spontaneity um do you how much room do you leave for spontaneity kind of walk me through how you think about the next the next segment uh tiff was just pointing at me to answer that because <laughs> she has to put up with my uh because i'm the dreamer in here yeah and tiff yeah. is hanging on or we both dream actually but yeah i think i'm I, more adhd yeah i think then just <laughs> 
just jumps around idea wise a little bit more than I do. And it's a really good practice for me to be open to that um, because it's great. Like when you're, when you're like that, you can say yes to opportunities that arise. You're not stuck to any certain plan. Yeah. Um, but it, it also brings up a lot more, you know, uncertainty and um, of where am I going to stay tonight or, you know, yeah. what are the next steps? So uh, just getting comfortable in that uh, unknown and discomfort. So we follow a model that's kind of like we have what we call like fallback plans. Okay. Usually. Okay. So it's like we have, yeah, we have a fallback plan usually that's like not requiring any commitments, you know, um, which sometimes can be, you know, it's hard to like when friends want to come do something with us or family or, and they want like a specific date. And we're like, well, it depends on the winds, you know, it yeah. depends on the weather, like, that's so cool. Uh, it, I mean, like, there's an there's an awesome aspect to that too, where it's like, well, if the wind blows enough, sure. Like, it's, it's super cool. And if we don't, and if we don't meet somebody else that like swoops us into some sidetrack, you yeah, know, and we end yeah. up in somewhere completely different. But you know, usually the friends that uh, are able to meet up with us are the ones who also can embrace that, you know, yeah. that fluidity and flexibility, which I know is it's hard when you got a nine to five, like what you were talking about. I'm, yeah. I'm really curious to, to check out actually that micro adventure concept because it yeah. does seem like it, it's a, it's a, it's an art. I yeah. imagine. I well, mean, what's that like for you? That's a really good question. I mean, so one of my biggest challenges throughout life has been, been learning to grow where I'm planted. That's been a, a phrase that's been on my mind forever. I had a, I had a challenge, um, a few years ago to, um, basically, and this is, this is within my, my faith tradition. So I'm not trying to, to force that opinion, but I was challenged sure. to glorify God in the mundane. That was what I was told to do. And so that sort of changed the way that I was looking at life and, and trying to find ways to find richness and joy. And, um, you know, you'd mentioned exploration and discovery. Um, and I had this epiphany that, what separates to me, what separates adventure sports and adventure activities from traditional sports is in traditional sports, you're scoring points or you're, you're, you know, there's, there's some sort of goal like that. And, and adventure sports, it's all about travel. It's from point A to point B, whether that's climbing a rock wall and getting from the bottom to the top or riding your bike from, you know, one city to the next city or whatever, whatever the goal is. So much of adventure revolves around this idea of travel and destination. And that journey to get there. And um, my wife and I were both really outdoorsy. And so we just started really diving into that and trying to maximize the time that we were doing it, but in a way that built community as well. Cause that, like we were talking about, that's such an important thing. Um, and mm -hmm. bringing new people into it and sharing um, our love of, of nature with people who maybe hadn't felt comfortable going outside of that comfort zone before um, and just equipping them and, and exposing them to some of our favorite places and our favorite things um, and maybe hopefully getting them hooked on it too and then having more people to do it with more often. <laughs> so, um, so that was kind of how we got into it. And a lot of it is just, um, I think a lot of it is learning to say yes and jumping on the opportunities, you know, when, when the weather is good, um, mm -hmm. making it happen when, you know, going out and not being afraid to sleep outside on a Wednesday night, um, just because you can and showing up to work a little rumpled the next day and, 
um, that kind of thing. So that's, that's sort of how it's manifested for us and just, just shaking up that, um, that routine, um, kind of breaking mm -hmm. out of that monotony. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like there's a there's sort of a, an evolving culture, I think, and a, and a value that's growing in our culture for for those kind of, you know, for the for that freedom, you know, to yeah. like uh, explore in your five to nine and maybe even, you know, beyond that, uh, which I I'm really happy to see happening in our culture, like with um, more remote work thing. I mean, partially thanks to technology, but also just you know, our generation, I think, is really pushing for like having uh, having more of that flexibility and work life balance, you know, Absolutely. that um, allows for more of that, you know, while still, you know, achieving uh, productive lives and everything else. Um, so that's I'm, cool, man. I'm reading uh, Let My People Go Surfing by uh, Yvonne Chouinard, the founder of Patagonia. And uh, he nice. was talking about, yeah, it's a really interesting book. He was talking about sort of their their flex time policy, which they call Let My People Go Surfing. And um, I mean, they would just shut down if the weather was good and the waves were up, you know, or, or whatever the case, um, depending on where, they're, where they were, where their store was located. And I, I hear you and I'm glad, I am glad to see that we're going that way. Um, cause it is, it is important to live life and experience life. Um, and there's a lot of richness in that for sure. Um, I do want to ask you, so, so let's, I want to talk about some of the not so sexy parts of adventure. Um, how do you handle emergencies when you're traveling? Do you, you know, what do you do when something goes wrong? Um, do you all carry traveler's insurance, you know, and, and what, what do you guys do when, when it's not all sunshine and roses? I think a good story of that is you're uh, in Nepal when you're yeah, a chief. I was going to say, we definitely <laughs> had to deal with some emergencies, um, mainly on my end, I think a lot. Um, I mean, everything from we, we got some vaccines in Thailand and, and we're trying out free diving and I ended up getting a, an ear infection. Ooh. So having to go to the doctors for that yeah. um, to... Uh, being three days up uh, Annapurna, uh, biking up Annapurna and waking up with my half of my face swollen and realizing I had um, an infected tooth that needed to come out. Oh, Deep in the Himalayas. Yeah. Oh, like man. 10 or 12,000 yeah. feet in the Himalayas in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So where's, then, like, where's the multi tool? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what took us three days to bike up all day long? We had to get down in a day um, on these pretty rough roads and then go to a small clinic. To, like a mud wall clinic. <laughs> yeah. yeah it was nuts. To have my tooth removed and. Um, her bill was like for the extraction, the anesthesia, the and the X-ray, and the, the, the antibiotics, yeah. and like painkillers was like fifteen bucks. I think. Wow! Wow! I was like kind of a little parent. We were a little no worried at first, scary. you know, yeah. but actually, they. I mean, they they did a good job. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, so we usually that's usually we fly by the seat of our pants, yeah. you know, with the cost of healthcare in the u.s which is just yeah. don't even get me started yeah like we we seek out actually like we almost integrate like tiff was mentioning the vaccinations i mean we had all our vaccinations for, dental work done and yeah and dental work i mean we yeah. encourage everybody to to check out like you know healthcare abroad and if accidents happen you're you're way better off yeah, outside we, the u.s we didn't have travel insurance either so um yeah, so we, didn't care. we always just paid out of pocket and that seemed to be pretty affordable for us 
Um, and there, there was a, so I ended up needing teeth implants um, because of the infection. And it was something that I, I knew was gonna come up with those particular teeth. Um, and there's a, actually a great community uh, oh, space bicycle, on, and bike path yeah, on the Facebook, Facebook group. So I reached out to that community and just asked like, Hey, I, you know, I need some teeth implants and where do you guys recommend um, outside of the U S for this? Because I knew how much it was going to cost in the U S and I couldn't afford that. Hmm. And I just got a wealth of knowledge and like so much 60 or 70 people respond. There's like 50,000 people in that group. And they're all so, so incredible. I highly recommend the bicycle touring bike packing Facebook page for anyone. I'm who done. doesn't already have that as a resource i'm taking yeah. notes <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's so, that's kind of comforting that like I, i'm that may remove you know that barrier for some folks to know that like if something goes wrong it's not the end of the world um and they exactly. may actually it may actually work out better yeah um, exactly how has your life on the road and, and the travel and adventure that you've been involved in strengthened your relationship i mean like i'm, I'm sitting here listening to just how complimentary both of you are. It's, I mean, it's awesome. And how have your experiences made that stronger for you? Yeah, I mean, it it definitely is a lot of time to spend together. And like Ben said, it can be very challenging to spend that much time with anyone. Sure. Um, and especially when you're you're right, it's not always super sexy. You know, we're we're biking for days at a time and not getting showers and there's weather and hangry, bugs and hangry grumpy, and, tired. Um, so it, it, you know, everybody has bad days and it definitely can test your patience, but also at the end of the day, it's not like you can just storm off and go do your own thing. You're like, well, now I have to share a tiny tent with you. So mm. I guess we need to talk about what's going on. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was a big learning thing for me was to like, Hey, don't just hold these things and then deal with them later. Like you really need to discuss things. And, mm. uh, Ben helped me out a lot with that. Cool. Oh, but, communication. Yeah. yeah I'm really, <laughs> I've always been a big fan. I don't know if you've heard of NBC, like nonviolent communication. Mm -hmm. It's like a school of communication. It's like a discipline sort of, um, but it's used, you know, they train like, uh, people who are, um, diplomats and like, um, people that are uh what's the word just like um yeah like in peace talks i mean even like between governments and like uh and groups like that in these methods and it's basically uh just like a a useful tool of really uh getting or yeah just slowing down your it's like a loving like, way to communicate without um, making any assumptions or, mm. or feeling, making the per person feel like you're attacking mm -hmm. them. Um, uh, mm. Yeah. It's like a way of, it's basically not reacting, you know, and instead, pro, you know, not in like using language that doesn't incite reaction and like mm -hmm. trying to really tune deep into like in vulnerability, you know, and like uh, understanding and it, yeah, we're probably not the best people to define it, but that's been like a really useful tool that, I mean, we've been, another thing I'd mentioned is like, we listened while we were trout, while we were biking, even we, we had these two little Bluetooth speakers that are like these tiny little, uh, they like, I mean, you, yeah, they're the size of like half the size of a pepper shaker or something. These nice. like tiny ones and nice. they pair together for like stereo. It was supposed to be for stereo, like put two of them in two sides of a room or something. But it was great because they had like a 30 foot range and we put one in each bike awesome. and we were able to listen to audiobooks like 
I mean, we probably listened to a couple dozen or dozens of audiobooks when we were traveling, and we still do. We're in podcasts and uh, music, and so just being intentional about what we are listening yeah. to as well. Yeah, we've really sought out as we're traveling, you know, which I think this is just like probably independent of the travel, but just like we, I mean, we have had a lot of time um, to be like reading books together and processing like our our intentions and um, and deepening our uh, just our um, our presence and like our mindfulness in how we treat each other and everyone we meet and ourselves and and the earth and like. You know, anyway, so that's been like kind of a, I guess you could call it a faith journey and like mm. just a, a deepening of uh, a spiritual journey, which has been like an undertone in our travels, you know, which I would also say isn't necessarily contingent, doesn't require travel, but has just been something that we have juggled at the same time, you know, yeah. and try to integrate. That was something I noticed on your, on your blog. Um, you all have a really great explanation of um, kind of the, the, the spark behind what you're trying to do. And you guys mentioned a lot of great words, but, you know, community was in there, family, spirituality, activism, poetry, art, music, soul, um, you know, all, all really important aspects of life. Um, how do you tie those things together uh, in what you're doing? How, do, how does paint, paint me the whole picture of how those things fit together for you all on the road? I'd say it's, you know, I think that our blog, you know, down the road, is not gonna is not exclusively like adventure or travel based. I guess mm. maybe that was it's more of just a blog of of what we're exploring in our lives and mm. things we're excited about. And to be honest, we haven't, you know, it's been uh, a a bit since I think mean, since the COVID shutdown, I don't think we've updated much on there. We're about to get back into it again, just because we were working on the boat and there was just so much. I think all of us were just going through a lot of struggle during COVID and I think coming out the other end, it's a good time for us to actually, it's a good reminder of kind of our intention in that. And um, so, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's just a, I, like I said earlier, I don't, you know, our, our current um, mode of living is not, uh, or, you know, like being on the road a lot is not really uh, an exclusive uh, or like a, uh, a requirement. Gotcha. For, for the rest of those aspects. Those are just things that I think we really value in our lives and that we, in the, in our, the purpose of our lives is kind of like to help, you know, like help um, deepen all those sort of connections between each other um, and, uh, and the universe or God or however you would mm -hmm. define that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if that answers it. No, it does. It's, uh, you know, it, it sounds, it sounds like adventure is and just a piece of the overall life that you're living. And, and that's, um, really how it should be, you know, life is the adventure <laughs> and, and the travel is just a part of that. So, um, I think that's a really good, a really good perspective to have. And I, I think we'd like to, you know, I think actually our intention is to like shift more and more through our storytelling, I think in our blog, I think we'd like to shift it more into, I mean, we have been, I think, trying to like integrate more of that spirit uh, as well. So yeah. yeah, that's a good holistic outlook. I like that. Um, so while you're on the road, is there anything that you miss about being stationary? And if so, why do you miss that thing? Yeah, I mean, definitely, again, coming back to community and having the support and love of uh, 
you know, friends and family around is something that was definitely a struggle, uh, even when you are meeting great people um, on the road all the time. It, you know, those connections, having those deep connections uh, was a little bit of a struggle or smaller things like I, I missed having like a little garden or, you know, like a bed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, sure. Yeah. Makes and also sense. just, I think, building relations, you know, like you're making these relationships, building these connections and then leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, we've had a lot of friends that, I mean, we've, Tiff was just saying something the other day about, uh, I think you posted a photo or something and her mom, she was traveling with her mom a little bit. And like, her mom was like, who are all these people commenting? Who's like, here, <laughs> blah, blah. I'm like, uh, Ramadesh and like all these, you know, and they're just people from all over the world that, I mean, we still appreciate that in social yeah. media and it's, yeah, there is it, that those people keep in, we all keep in touch, but, um, but at the end of the day, I was just going to say something that it is a, it is like a cost. I think mm-hmm. there are benefits and costs to living a rooted life and living a life of, you know, uh, or being in maybe uh, chapters of like rootedness and chapters mm-hmm. of movement and like the Rolling Stone never gathers moss, they say. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah. uh, I do think it's not quite that simple. I just think that each one has its benefits and costs and, and going back to relationships. I mean, like when you're making these connections, spending time with people and then leaving and separating again, and having to start over again with new people in a new place, um, that can be like really taxing, I think. Yeah, um, it sounds hard. <laughs> for yourself really and for the other people, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. uh, I'm really glad that there are people who are really rooted in community. And usually those are a lot of the people we enjoy meeting the most, like when we travel. Um, but at the same time, like, I think in the grand scheme of things, maybe in the same, in the same, like, uh, perspective like maybe just like seen through a spiritual lens um like it's really been a process of letting go of expectation um like letting go of permanence the sense of permanence because at the end of the day like life you know life is impermanent and like friends do friendships you know people pass on or they just you know people evolve into different you know maybe we go in different directions um and like, uh, just things change and like, yeah. you can't hold on too tightly. And if, and just being present in the moment and enjoying things while they last is like really a life lesson. Because if you're, if you're grasping too tight, I think it can kind of close you off to like maybe new relationship, new friendships, um, yeah. that could come your way or new, just, and not just even in relationships, but just in, uh, opportunities, opportunities grow. grow. Yeah. Yeah, like the, you know, the universe, there's always just like things coming down our, down the track that, you know, the, and the more we can just embrace this wild ride, this roller coaster of life, it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, just being on the road, I think just like really kind of puts you into that survival, you know, it's like, um, you have to kind of face it or just you go home and, and it's okay yeah. to go home too. But um, for us, it's, I feel like we kind of got over for like the first year or probably two years i mean we were still doubting something you know in our low points we were just like maybe we should just go back and like Mm. get back into our community and yeah garden like have a dog and have our friends and like and i and that there's no denying that like there's a lot of benefits in that Mm. and we'd have and there are costs but Mm -hmm. i think after the first few years we've now reached a point of 
at least for me, like um, feeling like kind of trying to feel fulfilled, like no, what, no matter where I am. And like, that feels really liberating and it feels even better if and when I do, you know, we do like settle down, um, feel like it'll bring all the more presence as my hope. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. <laughs> That's a really, I, I hope, I hope that for you. That's awesome. That's a really cool, really cool thing to look for, to look forward to. Um, how do you each define the word adventure? If you were to put a definition around it, what does it mean for you? I think it's going outside your comfort zone, maybe, mm-hmm. um, or to kind of the type two, you know, I guess there's different forms. It's a, it's a word. It's kind of like love or something, you know, it's mm-hmm. used so broadly that that's that's why i love asking that question (laughs) because you're right it can mean something different to just about everybody for sure tiff what about you yeah wow yeah that's a really good question um yeah i guess it is um for me like an adventure is something that where you like i don't know you go on a journey in whatever different aspect whether that's movement or non-movement based and you you know grow a little bit more and you uh i don't know you just experience new things and new ways and um it just kind of hopefully the goal is to like open you up a little bit more and give you a little bit more hope in the world and yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll just stick with that. For now. That's awesome. Then, uh, yeah. then I want to hear yours now. Ah, <laughs> it. oh, it's a, it's a good, it's yeah, that's a, it's been really interesting to do this podcast because I've gotten to ask each of my guests that question so far, and everybody's answer is a little bit different, which is great. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I wanted, and and um, adventure can mean many things to many people. What you know, the way that it's expressed, the way that it's thought about. Um, I, uh, yeah, I'm hesitant to give my own definition because I don't want to, I don't want to sway anybody, you know, as the host of the podcast that, that that's uh, like, that's the only way to think about it. But you're I think the collector of definitions. I'm the collector. Yeah. I think <laughs> the, the way that I think about it is, is, you know, I, it is, it is the intersection of, um, of growth and challenge, um, so it's, it's, it's manageable challenge that sparks growth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's, it's being in that yellow zone, being in that, that place of just slight discomfort where you are, are growing and improving as a person, whether that's outside or not. I mean, that, again, that can be mm-hmm. my friend. I don't know if you remember Drew Stevenson from, uh, from Berea, but he, he cracked me up mm-hmm. one time. He was telling me, um, he had had his kids. They were real, they were real young. And he said, Ben, he said, the biggest adventure I've been on in the last uh, couple months is I ate a jar of salsa that had been expired for a couple months. And I said, <laughs> I said, Drew, why shouldn't that count? I mean, that's an adventure in and of itself. Like that absolutely qualifies. <laughs> and you know, if he was to say that's not an adventure. Um, so that's, that's kind of how I think about it is, is where challenge meets meets growth um mm, i yeah. like that thanks thanks challenge and growth and maybe it carries on a little bit of mystery in there Just thinking Absolutely. about like, how how is the star sauces gonna react in a, another day you know? exactly <laughs> sometimes i think too like all of this you know is uh if there is you know a purpose to just you know traveling because it sometimes doesn't 
seems like it can be missing, you know, like you're always like for Tiff and I, anyway, we're a lot of times we question like, what is the purpose and what we're doing or the meaning. And, um, in that same, same sort of lens, I think of like trying to, you know, defining like adventure that there's something to it. That's just like kind of taking you outside of like your comfort or your, you know, like who you are, uh, and like, giving you maybe a little bit of distance, you know, mm-hmm. distance from like leaving your home, for instance, and like mm-hmm. being up in the mountains. And, you know, like here you guys are talking about like being in uh, uh, like the Grand Canyon, you know, and just like going through this like beautiful, but like really hard, you know, struggle mm-hmm. that you volunteered yourself for because, you know, cause you were like, you just felt like called to it, but then, you know, getting back and like how much that was the best pizza that you ever had in your life. You know, <laughs> Absolutely. Even though there's nothing like if you hadn't have done that trip down into the Canyon, it yeah. wouldn't have been that great of a pizza. You might've yep. been like, Oh, it's just like, you know, yep. whatever. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. It just kind of like, I feel like it kind of gives you perspective that then can lead to like, and I mean, not just eating pizza, but, <laughs> but like, <laughs> I get what you're uh, saying. It, yeah just like lead you to something to like you know maybe rethink your life a little more and like yeah, grow a little more it's um, it's reformative yeah 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 absolutely absolutely what is your next move where are you guys headed next and how can folks that are interested follow follow your adventures and what you're up to i mean obviously there's the blog if you you know and, and uh but how else can people keep up with what you guys are doing um yeah the blog yeah we should be getting back onto the blog and i think um yeah we got like the instagram and we have like a most of our stuff we we vlog mostly now um, okay and that's on youtube and then you know but like you mentioned earlier i think the the uh the you can find the wordpress blog through um youtube or any of that um Perfect. Which might have more reflective sort of stuff. I'm hoping in the future. Cool, <laughs> but, cool. but our next plans are right now. Yeah, we're in Mexico. Yeah, I feel like we. It's been kind of a lot trying to make plans with the constant uh, struggle of COVID. Yeah, and, yeah, that's totally fair. Yeah, and we've realized we actually needed a little bit of time to slow down and to uh, have some space for reflection and thought um, and some more intention. So we are spending a little bit of time in Mexico where the, the pace of life is a little slower um, to actually work on those those topics as well before we make our next big move. And the but, cost, costs yeah. are lower too. And yeah, yeah, we're... We're, I think we're going to be down here though. We're going to be probably jumping around a little bit here in Mexico and yeah, just focusing really on like slowing down. And um, yeah, there's a lot of things in the air with, yeah, with COVID and with yeah. life that, you know, I think we'll still, what degree of travel, you know, I think right now with COVID, I don't really anticipate us like doing any major long-term travel cross borders, you know, yeah. Yeah. many borders, like just, Mexico is possible right now but even then we're trying to be respectful too you know and making sure we're not um sure spreading COVID or anything yeah well that's a good that's a good thought is you know there's probably some some ethical aspect to that where you don't you know you want to be considerate and um like you said not be a not be a fulcrum for that so that makes a lot of sense did that way we've also oh sorry sorry. 
no, no, saying, but like with that, some of the ideas we were also thinking of, yeah. you know, like that doesn't have to be necessarily a bad thing. Like we've yeah. also talked about maybe our next adventure would be being a little more still with uh, friends or family and being having more intention with them as well, which we yeah. haven't had a well. But we still do have a wish list, you know, yeah. that we're planning. I think, you know, like we're still in our early 30s and planning to, uh, I mean, if we if we feels right, just playing it by ear, but like continuing this sort of lifestyle of, of exploring, you know, as long as we feel like it, I guess. But I kind of anticipate even another till we're 40 even. Um, yeah. And like a lot of our wish list right now is like, doing South America. I mean, we did a little hitchhiking and jumping around there, but it was right before we had to go back to work. So it was mm. kind of rushed, but like bike touring, bike packing down there, especially the Carretera Austral mm. in um, Patagonia and mm. like doing uh, Kyrgyzstan and like Central Asia, um, mm. Silk Road, Turkey. That'd be so cool. Um, like maybe parts of Africa, Southeast Asia, Japan. And I think that's, those are like our remaining, you know, top and the rest, you know, the U S too, like I'm in Mexico and Canada, Alaska. (laughs) Well, even I'm just saying like North America, like we do, you know, we didn't mention really in this whole time, but another reason we like bike touring and sailing is like, just trying to keep like a low carbon footprint and like trying to minimize our, our impact and recognizing that flights you know, transportation, I think accounts for, is it the largest amount of like emissions, you know, and just trying to make, trying to, and just in the spirit of, you know, growth and, and like smelling the roses, just like, I mean, the U S and I mean, all of North America, I guess is what I was going to say is like, I mean, there's a lifetime of exploring and we just, we figured while we have this freedom, while our family, our parents are healthy and like, we don't have any major responsibilities, which I don't think probably will last forever. And yeah. or won't um like we'll you know we'll have more time to do more uh things in smaller radiuses to like the u.s um which is kind of our longer term like where we plan to end up i think is just doing more you know great divide and uh, i know they're making have you heard of the uh appalachian divide that i have developing? i've been following oh, man. that yeah yeah stoked uh, yep that's gonna be great um like timber trail timber trail yeah like the the wild west route i mean and just making new routes and you know pack or bike rafting like there's all these other things we still have on our bucket list so um it's exciting though we're and and also just who knows seeing where other other people or who we connect with (laughs) yeah what new sports emerge who knows (laughs) absolutely well happy trails i wish you guys all the best in that and, and i hope that uh you're able to check off everything on your bucket list. That's awesome. Thanks. You too, um, Ben. Thanks. I am so grateful to have had the opportunity to sit down and talk to Ben and Tiff about their adventures. What they're doing is taking adventure really to an extreme and creating a whole lifestyle around uh, this idea of living each day adventurously. And that's just an incredible thing to be able to do and to be able to tap into their perspective is just amazing. If you found value in that and if you're if you're experiencing value from this content, please consider going over to patreon.com slash elements of adventure, become a monthly supporter. That would really help me to produce more episodes and to be able to spend more time doing this. Uh, I am happy to report I have my first monthly subscriber. So huge thank you to that person for believing in this, this content and supporting me in that way. It was surreal to be able to recognize value in that way and see that it's making a difference to someone. Um, so that was a huge encouragement. 
And I really, really appreciate that. So thank you for doing that. Tell your friends, spread the word. We are on Spotify. I say we like there's a team. I'm on Spotify and iTunes now. Maybe someday it'll be we. It'd be great if it could be we someday. Um, but Spotify and iTunes for right now, feel free to go on either of those, whichever platform you enjoy. Rate it highly. That'll help it come up more in searches and things like that. I'm planning to add to other platforms as well in the near future, but I wanted to get it on those two right now because those are the two biggest ones. In terms of pacing, I think I'm going to do a monthly format, um, release an episode a month. I think that's going to be the most feasible with my work schedule and things like that. I had some time off this week uh, between the two holidays and I was able to get a lot of content produced and, and out there, uh, but that won't be the norm just because of my full-time work schedule. As support increases and things like that, I might be able to up the frequency, um, but until then, I think a month-to-month, -month, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Month-to-month -month frequency is going to be attainable. So that's what I'm going to shoot for. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a listener. I'm really going to look forward to the next episode and sharing that with you. I'm still looking for art and music. If you're talented in any of those ways, please reach out. I could use some better artwork. Um, I'm considering if I'm able to raise enough support, the first thing that I'm going to invest in is merch. I have some ideas for some t-shirts and things like that. If you have ideas for other merch that would be interesting, if you're like, nah, I'm not a t-shirt person, but a sticker would be cool or, um, you know, I really need a new mug or, you know, something like that that you think would be, would be cool. Let me know. I'm going to do that slowly. So I don't end up with a whole bunch of extra inventory, but I think that's how the first support is going to be directed once I hit enough. Um, so uh, yeah, that's all I've got for right now. Thanks for being here. I'll see you soon and uh, take care. Hope you have a great, uh, a great week.